do you really want to stretch yourself and get yourself out of your comfort zone? Because this definitely got me out of my comfort zone. But it was a challenge that I was kind of curious, really curious about. And then I think it's about kind of setting expectations for what could be in your future. And I think talking to a lot of people and really gaining an understanding of what startup life is, is really important to kind of make that leap. This is Retained Learnings, a podcast where Canadian finance leaders share strategic advice and potential solutions to answer some of the finance department's most important questions. I'm your host, Rob Kazam, the founder and CEO of Float. Thanks for listening, and I hope you learned something from today's episode. As Canada's tech industry grows, so does the demand for senior finance leaders. And some tech startups are finding their next CFO or VP of finance from traditional industries like agriculture, natural resources, and manufacturing. Like in Calgary, well known for its oil and gas industry, the tech scene there is on the rise, which means finance professionals will have more chances to make the leap into startup life. Marjorie Junio Reed did just that. Based in Calgary, she left a very large oil and gas multinational to become the CFO of a startup called Helsim. Marjorie spent the first 12 years at Canadian Natural Resources, but she was ready for a new opportunity and to make a bigger impact with her finance experience. In our conversation, Marjorie shared the differences between working in finance at a large corporation and a startup, how the reality of her career move compared to her expectations, and advice for other finance professionals on how to choose if startup life is right for you. Well, thanks for joining us, Marjorie, on this episode of Retained Learnings. Thanks so much for having me. Could you give our listeners just a, a quick overview and background on yourself? I am the CFO of Helsum. We are a company based in uh, Calgary, Alberta, and our mission is to be the world's most loved payments company. So we focus on providing a great payments experience for small to medium-sized businesses. So think lawyers, accountants, dentists, um, trying to make their payment experience as seamless, as easy, and as human as possible, which we think is you know still a really big gap in the payment space. I joined about three years ago, so right before COVID. And at that point in time, the team was about 50 people. Now we're about 150 people. So we've grown a lot. Um, really exciting stuff. Um, raised our first outside capital in March of this year. Previously, we were bootstrapped up to, to that point. So pretty exciting uh, adventure that we've been on. And I oversee uh, the finance team as well as the finance operations team, which is responsible for you know payouts to our merchants and handling a lot of the money movements, fee calculations, et cetera. What originally led you to choose a career in finance? I love numbers. I love analysis. This, if you give me any spreadsheet, that's kind of my happy place. That's my jam. But I really wanted to focus on how numbers could impact the future versus how it kind of formulated the past. So, you know, very stereotypically, that sort of guided me towards the finance path. I thought that maybe I could get away with not doing as much accounting. Um, little did I know that that um, you know accounting is still a really big piece of finance. But my focus was always on how could we use analysis to make a better decision that would make a difference for the business. So that pointed me towards finance. My first real role out of school was in treasury, and I really lo- loved the the fast paced nature of the market. So you know you'd have inflation report that would lead to a change in value of the currency, which would obviously have an impact on the business and how do we uh, adapt to that and respond to that. Um, I started there, really loved it and sort of have never looked back. You were at Canadian Natural Resources um, for a number of years, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 12, almost 12 years. So 
long time. <laughs> tell, tell me about the roles that you had during that time and how did that evolve? Yeah. So I'm not sure uh, if you're familiar with Canadian Natural. Um, it's the uh, largest oil and gas producer in Canada, um, headquartered in Calgary, born and raised in Calgary. The, the founder had started the company in Calgary. Now uh, is a publicly traded multinational oil and gas producer. So when I originally joined, I started in treasury. I started as a cash management analyst. So really responsible for making sure our cash and debt positions were sort of optimized on a daily basis, managing FX exposures, um, et cetera. And I, I did most of my time at Canadian Natural in Treasury and Corporate Finance. So I progressed to manager of Treasury who reported to the CFO and was responsible for a team of 16 uh, that did both kind of like Treasury operations. So managing bank facilities, bond issuances, rating agencies, reporting to the board or executive committee about, you know, different financial exposures, as well as some of the treasury accounting uh, and controls that uh, kind of go along with um, cash and money movement, FX, derivatives, et cetera. So uh, lots of um, great exposure there. And I also did a stint in their corporate budgeting group. Um, And Canadian Natural is a little bit different to some of its peers in that the budgeting process was done every week. So um, in terms of like our big corporate model that was run, um, the process there was they would take all a refresh of all the inputs, whether it be production volumes, capex, commodity prices, opex, and they would recrunch all of the numbers to get the most current position on cash flow, profitability, et cetera. What it really, really taught me was um, about the importance of the economic drivers of a business to be really, really on top of those. Um, to constantly look at different scenarios, different inputs, and then um, using that to kind of stay as current as an, and as nimble as you can be. So, you know, they would just take that and kind of pivot their decisions on a weekly basis versus waiting for a quarter or a yearly cycle. And I think that is probably really good foundation as I joined a startup. What were some of the best parts of working in a big finance department in a large organization in a more traditional industry? And then what were the downsides or things that you don't miss? Canadian Natural now is um, about 10,000 people or over 10,000 people now. So obviously a huge organization, but we were really lucky in Treasury to have kind of like a small company within a big company. So we were only about 16 people. And I think that actually gave me the best of both worlds and that it gave me a lot of exposure to different areas, different projects that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. You know, I got to see some investor relations stuff, which was obviously really helpful coming into my new role. Got to see a lot of accounting, different processes, uh, lots of exposure to uh, external auditors, which was great. Um, and I don't think I would have gotten that at a bigger, kind of more siloed organization. But then at the same time, you benefit from, you know, a lot of being exposed to a lot of the seasoned operators or the subject matter experts at a big organization that know how to set up processes, know how to set up controls, have really honed in their communication style with like internal teams as well as external parties like banks or um, auditors, all that kind of thing. And then as well as, you know, communication within many different levels of a company, whether that be another accounting group, um, a more technical group, um, executive teams, or even, you know, I I was lucky enough to have exposure uh, to the board as well. So as I said, a really great foundation um, to bring over to a startup. I think for for me, um, you know, being at a bigger organization also has some things that I was looking for in, a little bit differently in, in my new role. And I think, you know, at a bigger organization, things tend to move a little bit slower. 
So in terms of how I saw my career continue to develop, I was pretty confident in terms of how it would continue to develop, but I knew it would take some time. And then, you know, your impact, your radius of impact is going to be a little bit more narrow at a bigger company because it's just a bigger machine, lots of different cogs moving. Um, So I just, I was curious about what my impact could be at a smaller organization. It's just something completely different than you would have at a larger, larger organization. So how did you first learn about Helsum? I've known the founder, Nick Beek, for well over 20 years now through mutual friends. So he's always been an entrepreneur at, at heart, uh, always been like a really hard worker and always had this vision about um, doing better for small businesses. So he had started his entrepreneurship journey a while back and, and Helsum kind of 1.0 was, um, you know, really started as a small business. And uh, we would connect regularly over dinner and knowing us as kind of a little bit more workaholics or focused on work, the conversation would always kind of turn towards work in terms of what we were doing, how we felt that we were making an impact with our work, how we approached working with people. And all of that kind of seemed to align in terms of the way we treated situations, the way we would approach certain situations. Um, I never thought the um, stars would align in terms of me kind of making the leap over. But three years ago, as he kind of approached me and was looking for some more help on the finance side, and we like to joke, it's kind of the startup founder pitch, which is work more for less, <laughs> but come on an amazing ride and 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 try and uh, do amazing things. And um, I couldn't help but uh, jump on board. So 12 years at a much larger, more traditional company, it's a long time. Was it scary to leave? How hard was that? And any advice for people that might be thinking through a similar career move from a larger institution into a startup? Yeah, um, it was incredibly difficult. My time at Canadian Natural was really, really great. I had a great team. I had um, lots of fantastic mentors and advocates for me within the organization. So I knew that if I just continued down my path, I'd continue to kind of move up in the organization, hopefully, and gain more responsibility. So it was a pretty heavy decision for me to say, okay, do I want to make such a, a drastic change? Um, but sort of weighing the the benefits and and risks, like I'm I'm a person who really takes a lot of pride in um, my work and the difference it makes. So I I just really wanted my work to matter and matter at more of a company level versus you know my team and the way my team works with another team. So for me, looking at you know the way I wanted my work to matter, looking at this opportunity and thinking about you know, what would happen in 40 years if I look back and didn't take this opportunity? Again, regardless of whether it was a wild success or a a big failure, I knew that I just had to take the chance. And I think that's a really personal thing for people to say, are you at a point in your career where, you know, you feel like you've built up enough comfort about who you are and what you want to achieve? Do you really want to stretch yourself and get yourself out of your comfort zone? Because this definitely gotten me out of my comfort zone. But it was a challenge that I was kind of curious, really curious about. And then I think it's about kind of setting expectations for what could be in your future. And I think talking to a lot of people and really gaining an understanding of what startup life is, is really important to kind of make that leap. And and I I definitely tried to, to get that before doing that. Leaving a role where you've had career success for a role in an early stage company might raise a few eyebrows. 
But career progression is in a straight line. After making the leap, I think Marjorie would agree that getting out of your comfort zone forces you to learn and grow in ways that you might not have ever expected. Now let's hear how the finance function differs at a startup and some of Marjorie's advice about how to find the right fit for your next career move. How many people were at Helsin when you uh, joined the company? So we were 50, I was employee 52. <laughs> 52. And, and prior to that, 10,000 person company. Yes. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> what were some of the major differences between working in finance and the natural resources industry at a large company versus working at a, at a smaller tech startup? There was a few things that kind of stood out right at the beginning. And I think it was um, the biggest one for me was wearing all the hats. So I wanted to kind of push myself, get myself out of my comfort zone and um, try and take on more. So I definitely got that <laughs> when I came. And the, and the biggest thing that, that I found was, you know, at a bigger company, say, for example, you have a tax problem. Well, you just walk down the hall and you talk to the 20-year tax person. You say, this is my problem. And they say, I get it. I've seen this. You'll have this on your desk by tomorrow at nine. You're like, great. Thank you. Whereas at a, at a startup, you kind of look around the room and you say, okay, who's the person that can help me? And you look around and you're like, oh, wait, I am, which, um, you know, I had an idea of, but I, I didn't fully kind of appreciate until you're kind of in it. You're in a spreadsheet at 11 PM. I think that at, at Helsin, we have a really collaborative executive team that kind of makes decisions together. So I've really had the opportunity to uh, talk about product, talk about tech, talk about HR issues, talk about operations. Then, then there's all the finance pieces that are sort of more traditionally finance. So there's a different support system um, at a smaller company than there is at a larger company. There might not be as much um, expertise and experience directly in the problem you're trying to solve, but it's definitely made up for in like a really collaborative, supportive team that says, you know, like we don't know the answer either, but we're going to figure it out together. The constant change of tech um, and a startup is definitely a different pace than what we had at a more traditional kind of established organization. So, you know, one day we'll be dealing with a product fire or when the next day we'll be dealing with a customer service fire. And then the culture, I think that tech in general sort of prides itself in being a little bit more open, a little bit more transparent, and a little bit more open to iteration. And um, we like to say it at House I'm Failing Forward. And it's something that I was originally a little bit uncomfortable with because I think traditionally at an, a large organization, you move up and you gain a lot from a reputation perspective by being the expert. So you know your stuff, you can answer right away, and there's not really an opportunity to kind of be to be wrong. And I think that that assumption is totally turned on its head when you move to a startup, just because you're not going to have all the answers. Things are going to constantly change. You're going to be exposed to problems that are kind of outside of your direct uh, subject matter expertise. And that's okay. And you're going to figure it out together. And the process of being wrong is actually encouraged versus, you know, you have to be right. So that was definitely something that I had to adjust to. As the CFO at Helsin, how involved are you now in the strategic directions and decisions of the company? And how does that actually work on a day-to-day -day basis? Nick's approach is um, there's four of us uh, who are executives, um, myself as the CFO, uh, Nick is the CEO. We have Rob, who's our uh, COO, Chief Operating Officer, 
and then Brett, who's our CTO technology officer. And the four of us sort of operate in terms of making decisions as a group. Tuesdays uh, after this call, uh, I'll have a um, exec meeting, which is a four-hour meeting every week that we kind of go through sort of the most pressing issues of the, of the business at hand. And it's actually a great opportunity for all of us kind of with our different areas of expertise to learn about the different problems and then give our two cents as to how we should move forward. Um, so in that sense, I'm actually really involved in a lot of the strategic decisions, whether it be in tech and product or operations, um, just because we do make a lot of those decisions together, or at least um, try really hard to make everything as transparent and open as possible. If the finance function is becoming more relied upon for strategic direction, what does that entail from a CFO's perspective? What role do you play at Helsum that might be different than your counterpart um, in, a, in a different, more established business? I think kind of getting exposed to lots of different parts of the business, I actually think that that's really important uh, for a finance leader because there's all of these different areas of the machine that are kind of operating. But within those, there's a lot of different financial risks or considerations that I necessarily I wouldn't necessarily be aware of if I wasn't part of those discussions. So uh, for me to get a really broad understanding of the company at a lot of different levels really helps me figure out um, where to connect the dots, where risks could be from a financial perspective, what different factors could mean a change in some of the, the business drivers um, that sort of impact the business financially. And that really helps me. One of the things that I'm, I'm primarily responsible here uh, for here, because uh, we're so small, is the financial model. So I'll usually take a lot of the information that I get from conversations and meetings and then incorporate that into our, our business model, our, our financial model, and look at things like, you know, how does it affect our cash runway if we're looking to hire a bunch more people or pull back on hiring? Where are our metrics relative to um, where we think we should be? How could that be positioned or messaged uh, from um, an external perspective to you know lenders or or investors or our board? And then I think you know for me it's something that you know we're really trying to bring up at Helsum, trying to make one more of our strengths is to become more data focused. So you know using the KPIs, building better systems, we we now have a data team that helps us do that. I, I like to be really involved there. Numbers are my jam. Um, so I'm trying to help out, uh, there as well. Looking back to when you first considered the jump to Helsum, how does your experience compare to your original expectations? Has anything been wildly different? Uh, I definitely, I, I knew I, I, I was going to be uncomfortable, but I, I think that my expectations probably were far exceeded in terms of how much out of my comfort zone I got. And I think that is, um, the constant dichotomy of entrepreneurship or being part of the entrepreneurship journey is you know, you have an ever-present optimism of what you're building is going to be awesome and it's going to be great and it's going to really make a difference for customers. That's also balanced with all the things that we still need to do and the challenges that we have and and um, these constant things that are, are are changing that are out of our control. So I didn't expect just how challenging and rewarding it would be to go through this journey um, with this team. At the same time, in terms of how I expected the team to work together and support me, that has far exceeded my expectations as well in terms of, again, the way that they're just willing to pitch in and help. Even if they don't know the answer, we're definitely in it together. We're going to figure it out together. We're going to fail and move on together. I just think that it, it's something that I definitely underestimated in terms of how 
what the dynamic would be between all of us and just how important it is to have that in a journey like this. You've mentioned this idea of being uncomfortable often. Yeah. How do you cope with being uncomfortable? It takes its toll, uh, no doubt. Any suggestions or tips or tricks that you can share with people that helped you get through those tough times? How do you stay sane? I think being able to talk about it, firstly, is, is huge. I think in my first few months at Helsum, again, I was trying to be that expert, that you know, that person that kind of just knew all the answers. And I definitely kept it in and, and I felt, you know, you kind of like uh, liken it to like a spring where you're just compressing more and more and you're just tightening more and more and you, you can't make the progress that you want. And it's just this like ever present spiral. And then once I, you know, admitted that I needed help or, or, or just needed to bounce ideas off of somebody else, I think that really helped. So having that team internally that kind of like knows what you're going through, that sort of support therapy group, whether it be, you know, your, your immediate team or kind of a cross-functional team is something that we've really stressed because I think um, you just, you just need an outlet to say like, Hey, things are hard. Um, And you don't necessarily have an answer to that, but just admitting that things are hard is, is kind of a big part of it. We've actually gone so far as to institute sort of leadership circles uh, at the company, which for new leaders, uh, they're kind of paired up with different leaders within the company, cross-functional leaders, just to share their experiences. Another thing that I've found really helpful is, you know, outside of Helsum itself, I've built some really great relationships with different people in the tech space in Calgary. It's a pretty small community and we're all sort of really rooting for each other. So um, I have a CFO circle uh, that we, a Slack channel that we kind of keep in touch. Um, and then I'll reach out and ask for help from them as well. And everyone's been really supportive and wanting to help with just their experiences. So just having that support network, um, both internally and externally has just been invaluable for me as I've kind of just evolved over the last few years. So considering the audience, if we have people listening who are considering making a move from a more traditional business into a startup, or is actually just contemplating between the two. Any suggestions, any advice that you wish you had earlier in your career, things that you think would be helpful? So a large company is for some people and a small tech startup is for some people. And those don't necessarily mix. And that's okay. I think people have different goals in their life, different priorities in their life. And just to be really cognizant of what the expectations are going in with eyes wide open, I think is really, really important and really sets you up for success. So things like title, a lot of tech companies are very, very flat. So you might be a VP at a bigger company, but you you, you might be an analyst or a manager, and, and that might be the flatness of the organization. Um, in terms of role, like uh, me as a, a CFO, sometimes I'm doing bank recs, sometimes I'm doing entries, and that's just the nature of you know, what the fire of the day is. And you have some people who've been through their careers and and have decided that, that, that they don't want to do bank recs anymore. And that's okay. And then there's also salary. So, I mean, for me, I took a pay cut when I, I came to Helsum. Certainly there's um, long-term upside that, you know, we hope this thing becomes a wild success for me. And, and we sort of say this as we kind of look to recruit recruit people uh, for our team, it's you know the disproportionate impact and potential uh, financial gain if things go well for a disproportionate amount of work. Like this is you know a startup life is not a nine to five role, 
And I think people need to go in with their eyes wide open. Um, but what you gain in terms of engaging work, supportive team, um, potential impact is, is huge. And then the other thing I would say is just be in a position to really adopt that beginner's mindset, to know that you, you're not going to know everything. You don't need to be the expert and have to like let go of that. If that's something that really you take pride in and that really kind of like is part of your identity, it, it will be a hard transition to go to a startup life. There's a quote that I really like, which is, um, in a beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but in an expert's mind, there are few. And that is something that I constantly come back to as I kind of go through the ups and downs of this journey to say, it's okay that you don't know the answer. We're figuring it out together. We're failing forward. But it's something that particularly coming from a large company and a more established company, I've, I've definitely had to battle through over, over time. Where can our listeners find out more about you and Helsum? So uh, firstly, for people sort of interested in our culture and, and, and maybe our open positions, go to our website, www.helcim.com. Um, lots of great information about the team. And it, there's also a, uh, a link to our culture book, um, which is called The Way. And it sort of goes through you know, our core values, how we think about building a team, how we think about engaging work and, and, and trying to, to build this thing together. Um, so that's something that I think is, is really interesting. And then for small business owners um, and entrepreneurs who are, are curious about our payment service, they can also go to the same website at www.helcim.com and also like Google us and check out third-party reviews of our service. Um, they'll, they'll sort of find out a lot uh, through those as well. Great. Thank you. As a startup founder, I'm encouraged to hear that experienced finance leaders like Marjorie have made the leap from big company to early stage startup. The decision couldn't have been easy, but she was ready to get out of her comfort zone. Her relationship with the founder, Nick, probably helped Marjorie feel more confident in her transition. The more you know about where you're heading, the better. I agree with Marjorie that having realistic expectations will set you up for success. If you're looking for your next finance role, you need to know what's important to you. Is it a title? Is it near-term salary or long-term upside? Is it the chance to be a strategic leader? It's likely that during your career, these priorities will change. When you're ready to make a move, I encourage you to reach out to other startup finance leaders for advice. It's a great way to make connections and build a support system to help you on your journey. Thanks again, Marjorie, for joining us on Retain Learnings. When you're ready to make a move, I encourage you to reach out to other startup finance leaders for advice. It's a great way to make connections and build a support system to help you on your journey. Thanks again, Marjorie, for joining us on Retained Learnings. Thank you for listening to this episode of Retained Learnings. We want to reach as many Canadian finance professionals as possible. So if you have two minutes to spare, we'd love for you to rate and review the new show. Sharing on social media helps too, and you can tag at Flowcart. I'm Rob Kazam, and until next time, take care. 